At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The biggest games of the football season are coming, and Bet Rivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, try a new multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bet. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It is the Pittsburgh CityCast. Tim Benz and Mike Pursuta. Glad that you guys are all with us here as we get ready for the finale of Ben Roethlisberger's career for real this time. Not just at Heinz Field, but overall, as the Steelers get ready to take on the Baltimore Ravens, who are five and a half point favorites at home against the Steelers. Both teams still alive, barely in the playoff chase. We'll start, though, with Mike Pursuta from the DVE Morning Show and the DVE Steelers pregame show, recapping a little bit of what we saw Monday night at Heinz Field. And I can't really say, Mike, that Ben Roethlisberger went out in style because that entire game was anything but the style that we've come to know from Ben Roethlisberger over the years. You didn't think it was a Mozart? It was, no, it was no Mozart, Bill Cowher. Uh, it wasn't a Picasso. Uh, it wasn't even a Jackson Pollock where it was just splattered paint all over the place. It was um, kind of like what my granddaughter does when I leave a couple of pens on my desk and then my uh, daily calendar becomes a canvas. And you can't really tell what she's drawn, but, you know, she's three. Fingerprints and stick figures, more or less. That's kind of what Matt Canada's offense looks like these days, to be honest with you. Yeah, it was uh, it wasn't a Mozart, but I, I do think we saw uh, the value of emotion on both sides. You know, what really tipped me uh, to the Steelers uh, leading up to that game was the Browns getting eliminated on Sunday when the Bengals came back and beat the Chiefs. Uh, that had to be a pretty good gut punch to Cleveland, I was thinking. And uh, I didn't see a lot of blood and guts out of the team from Ohio. And the Steelers were clearly fired up to play for Ben, uh, you know, if you're not any good and you get fired up, you just play not very well, more intensely, but uh, just enough defense, just enough uh, Chris Boswell. And uh, maybe that works again this Sunday. And plenty of Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield. And boy, did that help. Gotta love it. As much complaining has been done about Matt Canada. And uh, I would say a lot of it's been justified. Uh, they're asking a lot of questions in Cleveland, Tim, and they have been for a, a while now this season about why the Browns got away from the run why they do that so consistently when they run the ball so well. He dropped back 
48 times. It wasn't just 38 pass attempts. It was 48 because there were nine sacks and another scramble. So that's how much they're relying on him. And Nick Chubb averaged four and a half per carry. Um, you can say, well, geez, only one of those runs was for 30 yards. Okay, well, Najee Harris had two of his runs for 30 yards, and they're more likely to pop a long one handing the ball off to Nick Chubb than they are Baker Mayfield hitting anything worthwhile. I mean, he had 10 straight incompletions. He had a passer rating of 7.5 midway through the game. I'm laughing at what the spread was. Like, I couldn't believe it. We talked about it. Like, why were the Steelers underdogs in this game to start? And then when the Browns got eliminated, everything swung towards the Steelers. They were still a good bet, I thought, at minus three when the game went off. Yeah, you know what else doesn't happen when uh, you don't drop back? You don't let T.J. Watt wreck the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, against this high-powered Pittsburgh offense, punting's not the worst thing in the world. But, you know, you get a sack and uh, field position flips and, you know, you risk uh, the strip sack and all that stuff. I don't know. Kevin Stefanski was the uh, genius of the league last year, and he's got a lot of questions to answer this year. NFL, baby, not for long. Right, exactly. And that's what they're thinking in Cleveland. And I think the Cincinnati Bengals are in real good shape for years to come, Mike, in this division. I, I like If I'm a Bengals fan, I'm pretty happy with the way things are setting up. Yeah, particularly because they've got uh, Burrow now for a number of years. Well, probably three more years of uh, cheap contract mm-hmm. uh, before yeah. they're going to have to start paying him a zillion dollars. And uh, boy, did they hit a home run with Hendrickson from New Orleans uh, to get a pass rusher that good in free agency. Uh, is really unusual because those guys are so coveted. And uh, great call not picking the offensive tackle, going for Jamar Chase. That's that's one of those de- decisions, I think, that's going to set them up or, or has set them up, I should say, for now two, three, maybe four years of uh, kind of being the lead dog in this division. Jamar Chase at minus 265 to win Rookie of the Year right now. Mac Jones at plus 200. The only two candidates on the board I've been pumping. Uh, What about Creed Humphrey? (laughs) Hey, he could be third. You're not a fan of Humphrey? I mean, have you heard as much of this he's the Rookie of the Year crap as I have? Because I've heard a ton of it, and it just makes me laugh. I mean, why were the – why were the Chiefs able to rebuild their offensive line and the Steelers weren't able to rebuild theirs? Because the Chiefs quarterback can move. He can run away. <laughs> yeah, I God, think you know, Humphrey's a good player, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm on Twitter too much, Tim, and uh, that's, that's on me. I was on Jamar Chase early for Rookie of the Year. I should have gotten back in when Mac Jones was the flavor of the month because it swung back to Jamar Chase big. And by the way, Mike, if you – Look at the odds. We were talking about the odds. I think it was last week when we said that TJ Watt was tied at plus 200 for defensive player of the year with Micah Parsons. Well, Micah Parsons is now plus 900 and TJ Watt is minus 2000 to win defensive player of the year. Yeah. Looking pretty good after that four sack game. Uh, good for, yeah, I do. I mean, it was a Monday night game against Cleveland and, uh, you know, he's gone from third to second, and it's, you know, if you want to make it a body of work thing uh, the last couple, three years, he's certainly been right there. Yeah, I, I think he does. I know when we talked about this last week, I was wondering if uh, how bad the Steelers' defense is was going to hurt Watt, but uh, I think he's got an excellent shot at getting that record. Uh, the Ravens' offensive line's not very good. It, even if he doesn't, um, 21 and a half is one of those numbers that just demands attention, but isn't it? 
He had three and a half against the Ravens last time they played each other. And when you look at his road home splits, you see a huge disparity. I mean, he's definitely gotten way more sacks at home. And in fact, whatever disparity exists, is even greater because two of his road sacks were the bogus ones that he got against the Green Bay Packers. But, um, you know, this Huntley guy, he took five sacks last time out against the Rams. So <laughs> there's, I think there's numbers to be had for Watt to make this not even a debate about, oh, he did it in 17 games versus Strahan doing it in 16. Yeah, I don't care about that stuff. I mean, uh, the seasons are what they are. And uh, if you had the misfortune to hit 60 home runs before they up to schedule 162 games, then eventually somebody's going to come along and do better than 60 home runs. So, um, you know, no offense to Michael Strahan or Strahan or however you say it. Um, I, I, I'd like to see TJ Watt get that record. I believe the unofficial record is uh, Al Bubba Baker of the right. Lions in 1978. I think yep. he had 23 mm-hmm. before Sachs was an official statistic. But, hey, Watt could get two or three and soar past that. And uh, I think when you get to a certain point, you're no longer leading the league. You're just dominating. Yeah, and, he's going to be lapping the field. I think two yeah. things could happen. He could pass Bubba Baker. And I think Jonathan Taylor can pass 2,000 yards against the Jaguars. I think both of those things are incredibly attainable, even though Taylor doesn't have 1,800 yet. Is that enough for MVP? Uh, no, I think it's going to Rodgers. I do too. But I think uh, Rodgers has been good enough at the quarterback position to earn MVP. I And, you know, I, I think Taylor probably means as much to his team as Rodgers does to his, but Rodgers' team is more successful. And we also got a look at Rogers team without Rogers and boy, do they stink. Yeah. Rogers is minus 500 right now, Mike. The next closest guy is Brady at plus 600 burrow at plus 1200 Taylor's at plus 14 with Cooper cup. So the two non quarterbacks after the three quarterbacks that can really make a case are at plus 1400 and uh, Rogers. I don't even, is Rogers even going to play this week? I mean, I, I don't think he's going to have any stats to further pad his case, but I don't think he needs it. Yeah. So what you're telling me is next year, the Steelers could have the defensive player of the year and the NFL MVP. Oh, I can't wait. Cause he started doing it again on the Manning cast. I, I wasn't watching. We were at the city. I didn't hear, but he I, was doing more of his Pittsburgh flirtation on the Manning cast. I'm, all I'll say, Tim, I don't know what it would cost to get him. I don't know how interested the Steelers are in trying to get him. But there's a reason all this crap has been going on all year. Yes. When people say, oh, he never came and played behind that offensive line. Those people haven't seen the Pittsburgh offensive line. And, oh, by the way, he can. Green Bay offensive line. Yes. uh, Thank you. The Green Bay offensive line. And he's pretty mobile, too. Um, He's going to go where he wants to go. He's not going to go somewhere because the offensive line is better. Yeah. And I think if they get him, they'll be more inclined to try to build more quickly around him than, you know, the slow build that we've seen them do before, or the, you know, just mix and match pieces and hope you hit the sweet spot like they did early in the Heinz field era. And then Ben came along to put him over the top. But um, yeah, I just watching that offense from Roethlisberger. I mean, Mike, that I'm so glad now the national media is picking up on stuff like the local guys, like me and you and Matt Williamson have been griping about all year long. Like I saw ESPN stats and info tweeted out like right after I did that there were five passes short of the chains that were completions that Ben Roethlisberger hit and they still couldn't get first downs out of them. Like you can't run an offense that way. And they're running. It's what I call reductive analysis. 
everything is reduced to what we can't do. That's the premise of their entire offense, what we can't do. Oh, but I think, you know, there's a lot they can't do. But at some point, I, at some point what are you going to do? Throw, you you going to throw it downfield to Claypool? Oh, maybe he'll catch this one. It's been 10 or 11 <laughs> targets. I mean, they stink, Tim. They're not good. No, it, they're not. It, it's the players, not the plays. It, they, they are not good as an offense. If we play this week 100 times, how many times do they get in the playoffs? Oh, well. 10? 5? You know, I'm going to have a buddy of mine uh, from Jacksonville on my Steelers preview show tomorrow night. We're taping this on a Wednesday. This will be Thursday night on WTVE. And uh, I'm going to try to get to the bottom of the Jaguars with him. Um, the bottom 50, is easy to find, Mike. Yeah, I mean, there. 50 to 10 tells me they've pretty much mailed it the F in. So uh, I know it's tougher to lay down at home, but if it's Jacksonville, it's probably not as tough to lay down at home as it would be somewhere else, you know, a real NFL city. Um, well, when all the fans are encouraging themselves to show up as clowns, it's going to be a lot yeah. easier to lay down when everybody's showing up and they're bringing in mustache clowns, clowns, right? Yeah. Mustache clowns. Yeah. Red noses, <laughs> yeah. waters, water squirting out of flowers, things like that. Yes. That's what the fans are going dressed as. Yeah. I don't, I don't put a lot of stock in Jacksonville putting up much of a fight. So they are 15 you know. point underdogs. Do we like the Colts? I do. I do. Yeah. I, I think they might win by 30. I, I think uh, they're just going to run the ball down their throats and it's going to be 28 to nothing. Uh, they have thrived all year. The Colts have on turnovers. I don't think they're a great team, but uh, I love finding a team that is competent slash capable in a win and get in scenario against somebody who really stinks. Yeah, I love these bets. So we're checking those boxes in this matchup too. Yeah, and they're two and fourteen. The Jaguars are. The Colts are nine and seven. You mentioned the takeaways, Mike. They have thirty-three of them. That's the most in the AFC. It's the second most in the NFL. And guess who leads the league in giveaways? Yep, the Greek Jack- god of quarterbacks. It is seventeen turnovers uh, for Trevor Lawrence. I should say seventeen interceptions. Interceptions. I don't know how many fumbles he's lost, but and uh, actually the uh, the Colts love to get fumbles. Their interception total isn't that high. I think it's like seven, but they get a lot of fumbles. Maybe they get some strip sacks in there too. I'm not sure, but. Um, the Jaguars are the worst in the NFL when it comes to turnover differential. The Colts, I think, are tied for first at plus 16. Uh, the run game department, you know, you've got the leading rusher in the National Football League and Taylor, and uh, you're going up against a team that allowed 181 yards rushing. They're something like eighth from the bottom when it comes to rush defense. They, they are pathetic in all the ways that the Colts seem to be good. So there's absolutely no reason why this game should go the way of Jacksonville. I know people want to bring up 1989. I remember 1989 as well. But I also remember in 1989, most of those teams that the Steelers needed to help get them there were favored. So, like, you know, they weren't all stunning upsets. This would be a stunning upset. And um, it's not Rex Ryan with the Bills either. Like in 2015, after the Ryan Malik game, where they needed Rex Ryan to come in on the white horse with the Bills to beat the Jets, that Bills team ended up being 500. They were 8-8. and these guys are two and 14 and they've earned it. Yeah. The only possible hope you could be clinging to if you're a Steelers fan is that for some reason, this has been a very even series. Jacksonville has beaten Indianapolis often, uh, especially probably, at home down there. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm talking four or five years in a row. I think the last sweep in the series was Jacksonville, not Indy. Uh, but this, you know, Jacksonville team was so different to start the year and it's 
different now than when it started the year. And again, did I mention 50 to 10? Yeah. Against New England. I mean, that's, that's quitting time. Um, I, I don't see how Jacksonville suddenly decides to buck up. I know they, the defense had some teeth. Uh, the Jaguars' defense early in the season, uh, they were able to dominate Buffalo defensively down there and steal a game that nobody thought they could win. But I, I just uh, – I'm, I'm not seeing it at all. In fact, I'm going to be betting on the Indianapolis Colts, Tim. Will you be betting on the Steelers to cover five and a half? I will. Well, I, in fact, I like them to win. I already have because I bet on the Steelers to go uh, over eight and a half at the start of the season. <laughs> and my thought during the Cleveland game was – Please, God, just let them win this, and then I'll squash the uh, season over-under by betting on the Ravens. I thought the game would be pick. Uh, there's no value in squashing it because the Ravens are five-and-a-half-point favorites, so you're going to lose too much money betting uh, Baltimore pick anyway. Some of yeah, the, it's uh, minus 225 on the money. Yeah. Like Richard Dreyfus, I'm going to let it ride. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think they can win the game. I, I mean, I'm already painted into the – I'm painted into the – well, I don't get the cover, though. I don't get the yeah, points. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I um, but I'm just saying for people who are sort of on the fence, it's plus oh, yeah, I mean, five. Baltimore wins five. games or loses games by a point. What's this five and a half crap? Yeah, I don't understand it. <laughs> I mean, especially if you look at the Ravens, like they're the ones in the five game losing streak, right? I mean, I know they hung in there with the Rams and all, but the Steelers, I think here, here's if you're a Ravens fan, what you're going to say is the Steelers can't exploit us in the area where we are the most exploitable. And that's their bad secondary. And with the way the Steelers offense has been designed, like we just talked about, they are not built to exploit the weakest link for the Baltimore Ravens. But um, I still think the Steelers have more going for them. I know people are also worried about an emotional letdown, but it's Ben's last game. It's in Baltimore. I don't think the letdown factor is as much at play as people are talking about. I would agree with you. I think he'll be certainly motivated. I mean, that's where it all started for him back in 2004 when Tommy Maddox got splattered and he went into that stadium and he chucked it all over the yard. I think he threw something like 30 times in a quarter and a half and yeah. threw, it, threw it a couple times to his guys, a couple times to their guys, just ran around, played that backyard football, and now he goes back to the launching pad of his NFL career. And his teammates clearly responded to him uh, Monday night. I think they like him. I think they respect him. Uh, I think they want to send them out the right way. I just don't think the Ravens are very good. No, um, I think the Ravens stink. My my suspicion when that two point conversion didn't work in Pittsburgh, I thought, uh, and once I got the Marlon Humphrey news that he was out for the year, I thought Baltimore's not going to win another game. They've lost four games. The Ravens have since then. All they got to do is lose one more. Steelers get to nine, and I don't care what happens in Indianapolis, Tim, because nine seven and one is more than eight and a half. It is. Unfortunately, it might not be more than, well, 10, which is what it will take to get in the playoffs in all likelihood. Can we do the soccer thing, Mike, that we talk about with Mark Madden all the time and bet on a tie in the night game if Jacksonville does win? Because <laughs> for people who don't know, and I don't think you can bet on a tie in football. I, I don't think you can either. Yeah. I've in never soccer, seen it on Bet Rivers, but in soccer, you can. You can bet yeah. on a tie. And if Jacksonville were to somehow pull off the upset, then the Raiders and Chargers would be best served by tying. If they do that, then they both get in. But the Steelers would be out. 
So do they orchestrate a tie, Mike? Is that humanly possible in the National Football League? Oh, I think it is, sure. I mean, you start running into the line between the tackles and, you know, uh, drop in a play action and tell your quarterback to overthrow a guy here and there. I mean, both teams would be able to kind of read what the other one's doing in terms of uh, effort. Hey, what if it's uh, what if they're playing it straight and it's 20 to 20 with uh, 12 minutes left? Oh, that's exactly what I said in the trip today. You know, Mr. I go for it on fourth down all the time who coaches the Chargers. You think he might be more willing to punt yeah. in that situation? You think yeah. he might go for a field goal down 20 to 17 with four minutes left? I kind of do. Yeah, me too. But, uh, I don't, I, you know, Jacksonville winning is going to yeah. be the problem. But, boy, that would be great theater, wouldn't it? You know what Just, else? I, I mean, every, it'd be like the movie Eight Men Out. Uh, we could sit there and watch it together. <laughs> Let's keep separate scorecards and circle everything fishy. You know, like. <laughs> Third and twenty, they threw short of the sticks. Oh, well, oh wait, they do that anyway. That's the st- they're just implementing the Steelers' offense. That's all. Um, no, the thing that I thought was kind of interesting too, though, and I, I didn't even. This is conspiratorial, Mike, by my standards. This even went beyond me. John Breach, CBS.com. I didn't even think about this. He goes, "Well, if you're the league and you know you've painted yourself in this corner by flexing the game to the night contest, which is what they did. I mean, this is the league's yeah. own fault. They, they could have figured this out on their own. But they put that game at night. He said, don't you think there's going to be a lot of people in the league office who really, 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 really want to make sure that Indianapolis doesn't get upset and that Jacksonville wins? You want to talk about circling things that are fishy. Maybe watch the officiating in the Jacksonville Indy game, yeah. huh? Uh, that's interesting, too. Although I don't think it's going to be necessary. I mean. Yeah, 50 to 10, you stop worrying about the officiating. Right? We're, we're, yeah. We've beaten the dead Jaguar. Uh, <laughs> well, I've been, I've been using their Duval hashtag on Twitter nonstop. I've been saying we are all Jaguars on Twitter nonstop. But I did almost type in we are all Jags and then realized what I was typing. And then I deleted that. <laughs> If you are relying on the Jacksonville Jaguars to help you, you are a play, Jag, you yeah. are a Jag. Absolutely. All right. We'll come on back. We will look at the rest of the national football league. Uh, I like the Steelers to win this game against the Baltimore Ravens. If you want to go, Boy, I hope you're here, right. Boy, I hope you're right. And uh, for Mike's purposes, for over under purposes for the season, uh, we didn't even talk about the total. Let me see the total here real quick. 41 and a half. Yeah. 41 and a half. What do you think about that? Mike, that's probably going under, I think. Probably, you know, I took uh, I took the over the other night and uh, it didn't get there. I thought the Browns would help a little bit more. <laughs> I did too. I you did know what too. Would have helped maybe one hand off to Najee Harris from the four yard line. Think that would have helped? Well, at least they threw it in the end zone. <laughs> All right, we'll be back with more. Well, we'll look at- one of those shallow crosses would have looked pretty good there, wouldn't it? <laughs> we'll talk about the rest of the league, and uh, we'll also look at the national championship game because we will not be back before. Uh, I'll be back with Matt Williamson, but Mike and I will not be back before Georgia and Bama round two. We'll see where Mike's money is when we return. This is the Bet Rivers Pittsburgh City Cast. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh. 
All right, Mike, we talked about the three games that most impact the Steelers. One thing we didn't angle in our previous segment is, uh, as far as the night game goes, in the unlikely event that our Jaguars should actually lose and the Colts should win, uh, who do you like in that one? Do you like the Chargers or do you like the do you like the Raiders? It's being played in Vegas. We should point that out. Yeah, you know, let me uh, preface this by saying any NFL talk, people need to check the COVID list every day, man. I mean, more people all over the place. Joe Mixon this week. Keith Butler to the Steelers today. Yep. The dad gum defensive coordinator got the dad gum disease. <laughs> um, the dad gum Rona. You, you, you can't sit here on a Wednesday and know what you're going to have Sunday at one o'clock. You got to be diligent and, mm-hmm. and keep up with it and, and do your homework. That That is a fascinating game. And I tell you what, I think they're both two pretty good teams. Um, but I got to like the Chargers if it's, you know, who I think it's going to be playing. Yeah, me too. And the Chargers right now are three-point road favorites. Maybe I'm just too in love with Herbert and some of their skill players. Maybe I'm just too in love with what I saw offensively from them against the Steelers. But I also saw what the Raiders were. I've killed the Raiders seven times. Maybe eventually I should learn that they win a couple of these games. But they've also managed to lose enough to be on the precipice of being knocked out. You know, and, and, and talking about having an artificial tie to get in. So they, they can't be that good. And I just think the Chargers are the better team, and that should manifest in this game. Again, like you said, depending on what the COVID situation is. Yeah, a lot of respect for the Ravers get the Raiders, excuse me, getting to nine and seven with what they've been through. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'd like you, I'm a big Herbert fan. And I thought going into the season, the Chargers were going to be a really good team. Um, yeah, I'll take the better club. This is always an interesting time of year for people who are into gambling, especially in the NFL. You get to the last week and you're not the only one, Mike, that's for sure. You're not the only one who's going through the, you know, do I have the middle? Do I squash the bet? Do I, you know, back it up on the backside any sort of euphemism or phrase? Like how do I cover myself on a team over under or an individual over under or something like that doubling down or in some cases, if you feel great about it, um, you tell me you got any more hanging out there that are in jeopardy or you got to, sort of cut the middle on anything like that? No, that's it. I'm just, I'm just playing ball with the rest of them. Um, you know, I, I took that Steelers over under thinking it was going to be a coin flip. Uh, I, I wasn't uh, in love with it, but I like, I like doing that with the local teams because I talk about them all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it, it prevents me from uh, becoming overly negative if, uh, you know, things get a little screwy. Uh, keep keep like the big on picture. The pirates for the over. <laughs> keep the big picture in mind. Um, yeah. I my prediction for the Steelers record was nine and eight. So yeah, I was I expecting. Mean, I, I jokingly I was expecting eight, to beat this by a half. Yeah, I was jokingly saying this eight eight and one throughout the course of. Oh August. no, you you weren't joking. You called that <laughs> shot. You, you were Babe Ruth at Wrigley Field <laughs> in nineteen thirty two. That yeah. You, you were uh, Ben Stradamus or whatever they call Tony <laughs> Rome. Uh, take full credit for that one, man. You're, you're this close. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of, you know, when they beat the Bills, I thought, okay, maybe I got it wrong. Maybe they're better than that. You know, slide it up to nine, slide it up to eight. But- yeah, I did too. And I think maybe they were, but it kind of it kind of imploded. I mean, uh, you lose uh, Alu Alu and you lose Smith-Schuster and your line never kind of coalesces like you thought it would. Well, I mean – they did the other night, but too little, too late. Um, 
I'm in, in retrospect, the way this season has played out and in watching the people they've thrown on the field, I'm surprised they're eight, seven to one. So when it comes to other games that you're sniffing out where team X needs it to win and team Y is eliminated and just waiting to pack the bags and get to the golf course. Are there any other games that you've sniffed out along those lines that you really like this weekend? Yes. Tennessee Titans at Houston. Uh, the Titans are in but they are one win away from the number one seed. Now, normally, I don't think positioning is a motivator in the NFL. Like if Team X can play at home or on the road, I don't think they care that much. Uh, if they can move up from the sixth seed to the fourth seed, I don't think they care that much. But with one bye and one week off, and oh, by the way, Derrick Henry was activated today. You know, they're working his clock to return to active duty. This is a team that could really use the week off. And the little cherry on top of that Sunday is the Titans are 11 and five, Tim. One of the losses was to Houston, right. 22 to, th you know, they had a couple of head scratchers. They lost to Houston. They lost to the jets, but I'll tell you this Tennessee team, when they came through Pittsburgh, I was really impressed with the physicality on both sides of the ball. And then they got AJ Brown back and that guy is a difference maker. He is a monster. He is a man running through those secondaries, catching balls. He changes the game. They can still run the ball without Henry. They don't hit the home runs, but they can still run it. Uh, what is it? Minus 10 at Houston, a team that beat them already this year, and everything at stake if they just go out and stomp Houston. Tighten up. Here's another one that I think kind of falls into that category, but it does. It's more along the lines of what you described um, when it comes to seeding, because in the unlikely event that the Texans should beat the Titans, then the Chiefs can still get home field, right? And the Chiefs are playing on Saturday. They got the first game on Saturday, and they're ten and a half point favorites against the Broncos, so they could chase home field at Arrowhead. Uh, I like the Chiefs in that one. Yeah, Kent, the scenario you're referencing, Kansas City wins and Tennessee loses or ties, mm -hmm. and Kansas City's the number one seed. I, I think that's a good call. I think Denver is, uh, as we talked about last week, fresh out of quarterbacks. They're just not scoring. And uh, if you're the Chiefs and you think that it's uh, reasonable that you can get that number one seed, you're not going to sit all your guys because you don't want to sit them out two weeks in a row. And I don't know how reasonable it is because, you know, much like we're talking about with the Jaguars, we're talking about with the Texans on the other side for this game. But, yeah, I know the Texans beat the Titans earlier. Uh, I, I still think that they would love to be at home at Arrowhead. Back to the Titans, do you like the idea of bringing back Henry just to then rest him again? Or do you just keep resting him and then activate him for the playoffs? Oh, no, I wouldn't play him in this game. Yeah, I'd rest him. Uh, okay. I Start to practice him, and then you get uh, the bye week, and then he should be good to go for the for the first postseason game i would think but that, the, that number seven kid's not a bad runner number seven a uh, foreman you're talking about yeah yeah he, yeah, he was he was good against the steelers he's, he's had he, a couple decent games he hits it up in there you know derrick henry and nick chubb i think what separates those guys is they run with physicality but if they get a lane they have that extra gear and they can be gone you know they can they can turn a 10-yard run into a 50-yard run pretty easy uh, a lot of backs can't do that we saw Najee harris finally get a couple of holes against Cleveland. He ended up with a 30 and a 37. He's not a home run hitter. No. Henry gets that thing going. He's gone. He's gone. You're changing the scoreboard.
Philly right now, they are in. They are seven-point dogs at home to the Dallas Cowboys. Do you like the Cowboys on Saturday night? No, nah, I don't like that game. Uh, it's two teams that are in. and um, That's just a, a seeding game, it looks like, for the Cowboys. They it's a rivalry game, Tim, but I don't think either team's going to be that interested in a rivalry game right before the postseason. So I think that's one of those. Hey, let's go out here and not get anybody killed and, and, you know, reform for the real game the next week. Yeah. And I guess it's possible, right. That they could see each other in the first round of the playoffs too. That kind of weird thing comes into play as well. I got to tell you, since you mentioned Dallas and Philly, um, one of my early football experiences was a friend of my sister's took me to an Eagles Cowboys game at the vet. Mm. And okay. we were sitting in the 700 level and all it was, was the smell of weed and whiskey and hate. <laughs> and boy, does Philadelphia hate Dallas. I mean, this oh, goes yeah, way yeah. back and I must've been, you know, still in grade school. You just like the Harold and, Carmichael days or what? Yeah, it was yeah. the early seventies. And I'm look, the Eagles were just starting to get good. Um, it was probably Vermeil. Um, I don't remember the exact particulars of who played. I just remember sitting there and it was really cold and the old vet, you know, you're up a mile and a half high and just people, what they were screaming and doing to themselves to alter their chemical state. (laughs) I was like, wow, this stuff is for real, man. This is this NFL people are into this this crap. Like (laughs) give me more of this for the next 40 years of my life. These Philly guys want these Dallas guys dead i mean they they don't want to win this game they want carnage and it was a lot of fun and it it molded my young mind what about the other afc north game it's gotten nasty between the browns and Bengals over the years but probably not so much in this game cleveland quit completely against the steelers um they're still six point favorites except baker i he didn't play well but i got a lot of respect for that guy man he's playing half injured and they had no protection for him and the stupid coach kept making him drop back and get killed by TJ Watt. And he kept scraping himself off and, and playing hard. But, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know what the Bengals are interested in, in this game. And I don't, I think Cleveland's done Karen. So I'm, yeah. I'm staying, I'm staying away. I do have a couple other ones though. Yeah. Do you and like, uh, I don't know, maybe the saints and Falcons, that's a real football game. I, I think the, what I would have done, and I know you can't have a perfect scenario, I guess, if you're the NFL. I mean, I know why they did what they did with the night game and the tie is really a long shot. I get it. But if they wanted to avoid the tie, they could have put Rams and Niners in the late game. That's another one that's worth talking about. It is. Um, who's playing quarterback for New Orleans? Can you tell me that? If it's our buddy from uh... <laughs> Ian Book? If it's our buddy from Notre Dame, I got to like the Atlanta Falcons, assuming that they're going to play Matt Ryan and uh... – and ride this out. Um, but a couple of the games that don't involve playoff teams, Washington is at the New York football giants. Yes. And as I mentioned on this very broadcast last week, Tim, the giants are pretty much done scoring points. They got beat by the bears 29 to three prior to that. It was 34, 10 against Philly prior to that. It was 21, six against Dallas prior to that. It was 37 to 21 against the Chargers. Somehow they got 21. Prior to that, it was 20 to 9 against mm. Miami. Without Danny Dimes, mm. they aren't worth a plug nickel. Yeah, Washington's that's... not great, but Washington was competitive against Philly. 
I watched a lot of that game because uh, I had some tease action going with the Eagles. But Washington competed. It's a good coach. Um, I think they'll show up and play hard. And did I mention the Giants are done scoring points? Washington minus seven all day. Okay. Uh, and what about the Rams game? Are you taking the Rams against the Niners, or do you think the Niners have more to play for to try to get in and take San Francisco? Not only do they have more to play for, um, they're playing really well. They're physical. They can run the ball. If Jimmy G plays, I'm going San Francisco. That that remains to be determined. Money line or just with the with the points? Oh, um, uh, no. You, you know uh, my theory on that. If you're going to give me points, I'm going to take them. Four and uh, a half. That pays out at 110. And then, I don't uh, money line dogs. I'll just bet a little more on the principal if I think they can actually win. But five straight wins over the Rams. Um, I kind of I like the Niners in that one. Another one I've got my eye on is uh, Minnesota, Chicago. This is a, this is a great uh, losing coach gets fired. The winning coach might get fired anyway. <laughs> but uh, uh, Captain Kirk Cousins is uh, back from COVID, and uh, Justin Fields is going to play again for the Bears. We've talked a lot about Justin Fields this year. I like him as an athlete and as the down-the-road quarterback. I think he's going to be very good. I don't think he's very good right now. Uh, I think Minnesota is a really good team that had a tough year for a lot of reasons. Um, but they got Cook. They still have one of the receivers. And if you get Captain Kirk back in there uh, with his Spartan pride and his Spartan will and his Spartan gumption, Tim, he's going to cover three and a half against the Chicago Bears. Justin would, Fields, by the way, is two and eight against the starter yeah. as a starter. Maybe I'll wait on this because I want to see what happens on Saturday with the Cowboys, but Cardinals only a touchdown favorite at home, less than that, actually, six and a half against Seattle. Weird one, right? Yeah, a little weird, but, I mean, they've got a little positioning to play for potentially. Playing for a division title if the Rams lose. You know, uh, almost though they might be playing themselves up into playing the Niners, who's a less advantageous team to play against than I think the Eagles are. So, Yeah, I'm, I'm Russell Wilson is a sit. Uh, how does that affect things? Uh, I'm going to leave that one alone. Here's, here's a funny one. You're going to laugh, but uh, – Detroit is hosting Green Bay as a four-and-a-half-point dog. And if Jared Goff comes back, I'm going to play the Lions. Oh, yeah, just for the emotional factor of trying to get one more win? I, I, I've been saying all year, Green Bay is nothing without Aaron Rodgers. I, I, is he not playing? I mean, I assume I want to verify that. Um, I think Detroit likes its coach. And um, the Lions got DeAndre Swift back. You might remember him from when they came into Pittsburgh. He's a good back. Runner contributes in the passing game. Um, they're home. They gave Green Bay a battle for a half in Green Bay in the first meeting and then got smoked in the second half. But, uh, hey, the Lions are two and three in their last five, Tim, and they're uh, two, five, and one in their last eight, including that tie with Pittsburgh. If Aaron Rodgers is sitting this one out, I'm going to uh, see what the Honolulu Blue can do. It's always fun to bet on the Lions, isn't it? Throw your yeah. money on the worst team in football. Hey, you can't take wins away. And Aaron Rodgers is the best at what he does. And uh, Devontae Adams might be the best at what he does. And together, they are just amazing. I mean, they're they're in each other's minds. They're, they're, they're a lethal combination. But you take those two guys out of it, and that Green Bay team is not overly impressive. And I assume if Rodgers ain't playing, I would think Adams ain't playing and anybody yeah. else they like, Aaron Jones, and, you know, uh, go down the list. Uh, if it's Tim Boyle for Detroit, no, thank you. 
I can't believe I, I just framed it that way, but uh, Hey, golf is, you know, he's trying to be the guy there and he's trying to prove to them that he can be the guy there. And, um, you know, he's a, he's done some things in the league and he's competitive. He's coming off a knee injury this time. Uh, they said he almost played last week and they're hopeful he'll play this week, but, uh, that's one of those things. Again, you got to verify it before kickoff. Yeah. I think the last thing Roger said was I'm playing, but I, I'd wait, I'd wait until the inactives come out and then figure it out from there and just be quick. This is a week where you got to be quick on your bets. You got to be ready to go. Have your mind made up when you get yep. the final piece of information, log on or get to the, got to have that phone in hand and be ready to the money's going to move real fast. So be ready to go. Um, that would be my suggestion. All right, Mike, last thing before we go, because we're not going to speak again, you and I, until Monday night football. And by Monday night football, I mean the championship for college football, SEC championship part two, Georgia and Bama, the tied a three-point underdog. Are you going with Nick Saban? Absolutely. And I got nothing for you other than if you're going to give me Alabama and points, I'm going to take them. I mean, Georgia, Georgia played really well against Michigan. Uh, I thought Michigan would surely cover the seven and a half, and I thought Michigan might win the game in the semifinal. But as it turns out, these Wolverines, despite Tim, their surprising win over the Buckeyes, uh, they're still going to hardball the big one. I'm going to put that more on Michigan than Georgia. I thought Alabama could have named its score against Cincinnati, came out and just ran the ball down the Bearcats' throats on that first drive. You knew right then it was over. Yeah. Um, I don't know who's going to win. Uh, you give me Nick Saban in three, I'm taking it. Is 51 and a half a little ambitious on the over-under given Georgia's defense and some of Maybe. the scores that we saw in the semis? Yeah, and Bama seems to screw up the kicking game a lot too. Uh, yeah. They, they missed another field goal, if I'm remembering correctly, against uh, Cincinnati. Um, an extra point. I don't remember what it was, but yeah. How does Nick Saban not have the best kicker in the country every year? He's got does he know everything else? Does he know you have to kick? Like I, <laughs> he's so used to never losing a game by a field goal or being within a field goal margin that I guess he just undervalues it. I don't know. That must be it. He wants that 17th five-star defensive tackle instead of a good kicker. <laughs> so maybe they don't give him scholarships. I don't know. Yes, but, they, uh, you can bench Alvin Kamara again or whatever. I'll take uh I'll take the time. Uh, Alabama has been fascinating to me in the you know, since King Nick ascended to the throne. And uh, the Tide hasn't won it every year, but they've won it a lot. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Alabama as well. Um, I was impressed to see what the Georgia offense did against Michigan, but that also makes me just think that you gave Alabama enough time to figure out what you can do better than you did before. And Yeah, uh, and they just played, right? I mean, Alabama's quarterback played his best game against that Georgia defense, so um, he's got to like that matchup. I'll, I'll take the three. I'm not going to go heavy on it. I'll go just enough on it to keep myself interested, but I'd be interested anyway. Uh, I'll be more interested if it does come down to a field goal and I've got the uh, tide plus three, maybe you can find a way to tease it up by a half point, something like that. Uh, get yourself under. That's a big, that's a good number. idea. That, that's, that's a, a good idea to swing the odds. Usually when you go from three to three and a half, especially yes, it is this magnitude, but it might be worth the price. You know, you got to put something on it though. Right. Cause it's going to start at like nine, 10 and they're still going to be playing at 1. AM. Oh my God. Yeah. You and me, we're, we're up. I'm up four 30 AM. Uh, we, we need to be interested beyond gee. I wonder who's <laughs> going to win the championship of the college football invitational. All right, Mike, appreciate it. We'll do it again next week. Duval, let's go Jags, and we'll see if there's Tennessee. By the way, that's the big one. As okay. as as what I'm becoming a real Titans fan. 
That Miami game was Miami was a slaughter, and Houston's going to be the same way. Yeah, I think they're a different team when King Henry's back in the mix. So uh, they'll be interesting to watch in the postseason, regardless of the slot from which they play. But I'm with Mike on this. I think they go from the number one hole uh, in the American Football Conference. All right, we'll be done uh, with our podcast for the week tomorrow. Matt Williamson joins us, our resident scouting expert from SNR and from the Pittsburgh Tribune Review and Steelers pregame show as well. Uh, Matt will be on with us, and we'll look at all the games, including Steelers and Ravens, Jaguars and Colts, and the potential tie on Sunday night between the Raiders <laughs> and the Chargers. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare